0: And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how
1: to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the
2: souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time
0: to Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the Scriptures to other cities across our
2: nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that
0: speed dial, because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar.
3: Here we are, yes indeed, we are ready to get started the next 90 minutes. We're going to spend talking about all things biblical. We want you to know this book. Have you told friends and colleagues and people at work in the church and different places, hey, you know, there's a place where you can hear the entire Bible every year. Where is that? Uh, That's right here on this station at this uh, hour on Monday through Friday. 9.30 Nine thirty, actually. Nine thirty so, uh, Monday Not, not on Sundays. N- not on Sunday. This is that's what we're doing here, of course. Oh, oh, but Monday through Friday, they can listen to the. By the way, may scriptures. I take this
1: moment to introduce myself? Uh, oh, you may. My mm-hmm. name is Jacob, and we have a phone number. Anybody would like to talk to me or Soapy Could call two ten. Mm-hmm. You must dial two ten. Three four zero nine five eight five. That's 210-340-9585. four three
3: forty ninety five eighty. I'm surprised you knew the number. How about you? Well That's John's it. holding it up for us. <laughs> right there in front of us, right? <laughs> yeah, you can do that all this hour. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to be talking particularly Unless about you say something we don't like and everything. Yeah, don't just don't bother calling. But no, you can say anything you'd like. We'd love to dialogue with you and hear your thoughts. We are we have read this past week Monday through Friday uh, our readings took us from numbers the book of numbers in the in the tanakh the hebrew scriptures the old testament from numbers chapter 11 through chapter 27 so we are we have completed reading already this year in our reading schedule genesis exodus uh, genesis exodus no <laughs> genesis exodus leviticus and uh, the book of Matthew. During the uh, Christmas holidays, we went back to and the we New Testament. Always do a gospel during Christmas time. Yeah, that's right. And then we come back now to the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy, and then we'll alternate once more back to the New Testament and pick up the Gospel of Mark. That's the way we do it. We bounce back and forth between the two testaments, and uh, that way we make our way through the entire Bible. Every year, so whenever you start, if you were to start tonight and say, "I have always wanted to hear the entire Bible and read it," so I'm going to try to tune in the whole thing in one week, right? (laughs) No, I'm going to try to tune in every night, nine thirty. This hour, we're settling down for bed, and at the same on this same date next year, you would have heard, you would have read through the entire Bible. So please let folks know, and uh, because it's not often. they Find a program that allows you to actually hear the Bible itself. Uh, a lot of preachers might preach through the Bible and comment on the Bible, but we're talking about uh, hearing actually the words of the Scriptures themselves. Now, here on Sunday night is when we get a chance to take your comments, your thoughts, your questions uh about the scriptures that we have read or other scriptures that you might have an interest in so you can give us a call 210 340 9585 and we're going to comment about uh, and and uh, kind of talk through we have a lot a lot of questions here taken from the passages we read this past week Gen, uh, Psalm uh, 31 through Psalm 33, that was part of our Wisdom and Worship segment readings from the Psalms and the Proverbs, and then the book of Numbers, chapters 11 through 27. Uh, maybe, Jacob, you could just kind of start out, people, if you're listening for the first time and you don't well, I don't know what the book of Numbers is about, what does it cover, well, what is the book of Numbers about? Can Maybe you can give a synopsis. Well, uh, a synopsis is of the Numbers. No,
1: it's uh, how many times that the people are being counted. It's a census. Uh Uh, And the difference is God says take the census, but uh, God already knows how many people's there. But he wants
3: everybody else to know about the There are two times during the book. uh, Early in the book, they take a census uh, to find out how many fighting men they have as they are moving now from Mount Sinai. They've been camped beneath Mount Sinai for about a year, 13 months and now they're going to go up to this land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob their ancestors and their 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 ideas they're going to go up it's not that long a journey really of course for 2 million people it's a little slower you know but, but 11 or 12 day journey up and and then to go into the promised land that had been promised to them and so they um they they uh they took a census to find out you know how many fighting men they have, and so on. Now they, now we'll talk about what happens to them. But somehow they get diverted; they don't go into the land. Uh, but when they get, finally, again, at the end of the book, when they get back up to the border to go in, they take another census. So those, I guess that's why it's called Numbers. Is it called Numbers in the no, Hebrew? No, it's called the Wilderness. That's right, the Wilderness. Uh, and, and
1: actually, if I make a sort of a strident leap. You and I, and our good friend John over here, who I just learned how old he is. I mm-hmm. thought he's a lot younger. But uh, I'm not going to give his age away. Mm-hmm. But I will say that you and I, traveling through this world, is symbolically we are traveling through the wilderness. So you might say it's a symbolic idea of. This world we're in is the world. Yeah,
3: of we've come out of the kingdom uh, uh, of darkness. We've come out of Egypt. We've been delivered by uh, our faith in God and our faith in His redemptive plan, uh, the work that He has done to atone for our sins. So we've come out of Egypt to be able to go into the promised land. So there's a purpose. And it's where not is just your willy promised nilly. land? Uh, my promised land, yes. I suppose, would be – there's two ideas that we have of the promised land. You, One you know, is where, heaven. Where is yours? One – well, I, both of them are true. One of them is our eternal destiny. I guess it would be summed up in the word heaven, but, you know, together with God forever with his people in eternity uh, after well, death. Well, I so I, I, can, I want to go with the idea of heaven. Okay. The other idea that the book of Hebrews comes up with is yeah. that we've entered into our rest. Uh, uh, we are no longer struggling and striving uh, to please God and all. we are we are now resting in like his
1: finished work. Sounds like that I'm song, i never struggling and striving. I'll never get out of this. Uh, oh, world yeah, my there's
3: life. all the, a whole lot of that struggling and striving. Got a whole bunch of that struggling and striving going on. Uh, yeah. that, that's that's what's happening. But I've heard I've heard the promised land related to either one of those uh, that we're in that we can enter into our rest even here on planet Earth as believers. We don't we're not struggling and striving uh, to get the earn the relationship with God or to even to change and transform our own life. We're trusting in His power at work within us. So, but anyway, the most common view is yes, heaven. That's uh, – people write songs about
0: crossing and if Jordan. if you
3: were going to – let's create a physical
1: symbolism of heaven. Where in this story might
3: that be? When they crossed Jordan. At the, they crossed over from Jordan into the promised land in Numbers chapter – Yeah, but what,
1: what is the name of that place?
3: Canaan. No, it's there's uh, never been a land named Canaan. Well, oh, 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 it's well, Israel. It, it's referred to as Canaan, well, it before. is if you, it is if you want to be wrong, but if you want to be right, it's no, Israel. but but, but didn't Abraham go down into Canaan
1: that no, no, it was always Israel, some key <laughs> people that took it over, some people called it. Canaan, some people have called it through history, other things, when they conquered it. Mm-hmm. This is a piece of history you might be interested in. Okay. I, I might when be... the Romans conquered and destroyed the Second Temple and killed two and a half million people. A.D. 70. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, yes, right about that time. Mm-hmm. By the way, they were not the only group. There was another group that worked with them. The Edomites. Uh, the Edomites. See, Herod brought his... The descendants
3: of Esau. Yeah,
1: he brought his people in. So it was the Romans, primarily they were the larger force, but Edom worked with them. And they killed two and a half million Jews, and they destroyed the temple. However, right after that, Rome changed the name of Israel to Alea Capitolina. It was called Alea Capitolina. Uh-huh. And uh, and
3: so it was that... And then later on they changed it to... Palestine. Well, I what believe, happened is because of the name the, Philistines, right? They knew the traditional historical enemy, the
1: people that had their many gods and were not believing in one monotheistic uh-huh, uh-huh. God. What well, well, the ancient enemy was the Philistines, and they came from down near Italy. They did across well, the Mediterranean. Yeah, but what happened is, but the way it came out through the Latin was Palestine. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all comes from. So everybody that's conquered it has said it. But if I said to you, I'm going to, if there is no Israel, if there is, let's call Israel a shadow, a physical shadow Mm -hmm. of what you would call heaven. Sure. Okay. So if there is no Israel, and it's, it's the shadow, you have to have something in order to cast the shadow. Mm hmm. If there is no shadow, that means there's nothing casting a shadow, <laughs> which means there is no heaven. Okay, it's an interesting. Now, isn't that an interesting idea? Now, where in the world would I be so belligerent to come up with something like that? Well, you might find it in the New Testament, believe it mm-hmm, or not. Mm-hmm. They actually talk about it in the book of Hebrews that the ark on the earth is one thing, the priest of the uh, mm-hmm, Levites are one mm-hmm. thing, but it's all like shadows, and actually what, that's what Paul, mm-hmm, the word Paul uses the word shadow. Of things mm-hmm. in heaven. So that idea has always He's been there. So the physical is always, you might say, a symbol, or a, if you like, a shadow, of
3: something spiritual. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it less real. It had its real function in time and space, in history. Uh, it, it, there was a real function and the real events that happened around it that affected history. But at the same time, it was a shadow, a, a picture of something larger and bigger in the redemptive plan of God for mankind. The same could be said, actually, I think the same could be said for the people of Israel. The nation, not just the land, but the people of Israel are a picture of God's dealings with his people universally. Uh, you know, uh, everywhere how we see how God... Uh, taught them, guided them, redeemed them, protected them, led them and and how God treats with them, correcting them and so on. And we can learn a lot as and God's so people. So you today. are traveling
1: through the wilderness right mm-hmm.
3: now. Mm-hmm. So you are mm-hmm. being corrected. Mm-hmm. Your journey's not over. Right.
1: And the people of this world, mm-hmm. their journey's not over. So I've often found a fascinating hobby of mine to go back and see exactly. So the book of Numbers is highly practical in other words what very, you're saying. Very practical. To us. But I'm also saying that the things that we Think about religion and the things we think about how we're viewing, let's say, God and everything, mm-hmm. is very similar to the kinds of things these people traveling through the wilderness thought. If that's correct, then the things that we're doing today
3: are also, we're in the learning process because it's not over. Without a doubt. And I'm not sure how well we're learning. Sometimes in the book of Numbers, Sometimes they do good. There are there are moments. There are bright moments whenever they they hear God, they heed God's command, they follow God, and they experience victory. They experience celebration. They experience high points in their in their walk with God and, and in their experience as a nation. Other times, all too often, actually, we find the opposite that they're you know they're complaining or they're not. What's, what's always
1: fascinating me. I'm not saying this is the case, Don't but worry. i like
3: to propose something.
1: If what you're saying is true, if that's true, then that's
3: what we're doing, too. Exactly. I'm not – I own up to it with all my heart. I mean, I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, yeah. Uh, I remember there was a time in my life as a believer I would read about the people of Israel in the Old Testament. Let's take the book of Numbers, and I thought – Man, how could they mess up so, so – con- they're just constantly messing up. They're just constantly complaining and doubting God. I mean, one moment God does this incredible miracle on their behalf. He provides water. He provides food. He provides something for them, and he takes care of them. And the next thing you know, it seems like they're turned right around, and they uh, – next thing you know, they're doubting again and complaining. And um, now I know that from our going through it together with you, we get a little bit more of a historical perspective that that not everybody in the two million plus people that were traveling here, not every one of them was deeply committed to God and, uh, and true believers. They were... They were going through uh together, uh, and some of them complained and that, and uh, some of that was due to them, not not the the ones of faith there were There was always a remnant of believers, even as as far down as they might have gotten, as rebellious and sinful as they may have gotten. It seemed like there was always there was always at least a remnant, a core group of of men and women. That believed God and wanted to follow God, and to some degree, they're the focus of the uh, of the, the, the Tanakh, right? The, the Old Testament. Yes, we learn about the failings and we learn about the difficulties and the and the disobedience, but the focus is on. Uh, again, it comes again and again. It comes back to those who are faithful, uh, who are obeying God and following God. Now, the Book of Numbers in particular. Uh, Let's let's do this, Jacob. Okay, let. Can you? Have I summarized yet? Can, no, you
1: haven't. Because you've because uh, you told me to summarize, and I thought, well, yeah. we have summarized now for seventeen minutes. You
3: did a good job of getting started, and then I interrupted you. So, let's, oh, you didn't let, interrupt me. This is called a conversation. Okay. So, anyway, can you? Uh, they, they're, at, they're at the base of Mount Sinai. Uh, they build the tabernacle. Everything's ready to go. They've they've uh they've uh, God has given them the 10 commandments and so now they're ready to pick up and leave. They're being guided, God is guiding them on this journey. They make their encampment. There's 2 million of them and there there's a very detailed camping arrangement. Who goes out front? I think it was Judah, right? That was weren't they in the kind of the front yeah, end of the uh-huh. and in the, and in all around this tabernacle, this little portable worship center, it really is very small, actually, for two million people. It's the size of a fourth of a football field.
1: Well, you got a flame by night and a cloud in the day. So.
3: Yeah, now that's pretty cool, and that's a little bigger. But in terms of the, the – It's so like a neon kind of thing. The construct itself, the the, the edifice itself, was really – it was a quarter – uh, a fourth of a football field. It was 25 years, yards across and 50 yards long. And a fourth of a football field. And that was just the fence around it. There was an eight-foot-tall white fabric fence, very ornate. Oh, I thought you were going to say steel fence. No, no, no. A white, beautiful uh, embroidered fence around it. Uh, an opening On one end of the 50-yard end, it was, had an opening. And then... Uh, and it and then in the middle of that there was a what was it uh a little 30 by 30 tent a small little 30 so foot it's a by a little 30. thing yeah but it's in the center the holy place the holy place and the holy of holies it's in yeah, the center they're, they're of the fence. Their way to Israel uh huh just like Christians today believe they're on the way to heaven, mm-hmm. so they're on the way to Israel and they're, they're on, to, to glory, right? So, so and then out in front of the uh, little camp, they had the, the, this brazen altar. They have a laver uh, where, where people sure. wash their hands, the priests that oh, for, yeah. uh, from doing all of these things. And they had the furnishings, the simple furnishings mm-hmm. that were within the uh, tabernacle, mm-hmm. very simple. Uh, but uh, beautiful for their simplicity in some ways. But that little worship center was in the center of the of the people of God,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and it, it, the tabernacle. It was the manifest presence of God in the midst of His people as they made this journey. Uh, now, in in the New Testament, we see uh, Jesus talks in John chapter fifteen. He says that if we abide in Him and He abides in us, and that root word "abide" is the idea of He, Him tabernacling with us, so that that God by the Spirit of God is tabernacling; He is accompanying us in our journey as well, and He is guiding us, directing us, and so on. So anyway, they pick up camp, the cloud by by day, the pillar of fire by night, moves, the trumpets sound, and they ready they take off and follow God's leadership. They. Uh now then they stop in 40 something places, right? 42. 42 that's what I thought. They go up to the they go up to um the border where they're ready to go in. But then they send in these 12 spies to uh and the, you like to use a different word besides spies and I, I think emissaries, emissaries would be better, okay. Yeah. They go into the land to come back with a report about how viable is it? How can well, we do this? Well, since you bring that up, okay, let's look at chapter 13
1: right. of Numbers. And the first verse says, God spoke to Moses saying, send forth men, if you please. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, God didn't say do this. Moses and the other people wanted to do it. And God said, okay, if you please, go ahead and do it. I didn't say do it. Oh, really? Yeah. I, that's a detail I... No, so, yeah, this is, this so God was, doesn't, tell them, yeah, he doesn't initiate was, telling them to do that. This was something that they wanted to do. And God is saying, okay, you guys want to do it? I don't have any problem with it. Go ahead and do it. But he does give them the condition. They send in an emissary, one man from each of the 12 tribes, right? That's not the condition, but you are right. Okay. The condition was to look at the land. Look at the land. Ooh, look
3: at that. Mm-hmm.
1: And in fact, uh, in verse 13, 18, it says, See the land, how is it? And secondarily. The of milk and honey? Is that no, where that comes in? Well, no, no, no. First, this is actually the sin they committed. Are you ready for this? I am ready. They came back and they slandered the land. Oh, they said, oh, the land's great. Yeah, but they got these great big vegetables and these fruits and these grapes, but but, the, but we can't go there because the the land will devour us. So their sin. Oh, I thought they focused, no. the sin
3: was to focus on the people instead of focusing on the land. I'm going to
1: tie that up for you. Okay. So the real sin is that they slandered the land of Israel. Like, for example, if I said to you, and I know you wouldn't, but suppose I said, well, what do you think of heaven? You said, heaven's a terrible place. I don't want to be there. They're not, they're not going to be nice to us. They're going to treat us really bad. You'd be slandering your vision of heaven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Aha. Now, when they came back from spying out the land, you're right, there was – ten did one thing, mm-hmm. two was the other. Mm-hmm. Ooh, anyway, so they did come back, and they said, oh, yeah, but the uh, – we can, sure, you know, we can go over there and Caleb and Joshua. By the way, this is the book where jo- Joshua's name becomes Joshua. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. Uh-huh. Well, I'll bet you other people knew that, too. But, well, but, but tell them about it. Tell us wh- how 13, it happened. It's 1316. I'm there. And these are the names of the men Moses sent to go to the land or spy in the land, if you like. Moses called Hosea. Hosea. Hosea uh-huh. The son of Noon or Nun, Joshua. Now, what is that about? Now, why did he change his name? Now, remember, no J, no J in Hebrew, only a Y. Mm-hmm. So he took the name. I don't know why Hosea. Hosea. Are we told why he changed his name? Yes. What he did is he took the first pronounceable syllable of God's name, a Y in Hebrew, a J in English, Mm -hmm. and he added it to the name. Now it comes out, Yehoshua, or Joshua. So he put the first letter on his name of God's name.
3: Now, uh, 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 it's... Essentially, it's the same name as Jesus, right? Essentially. Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Does it have the same meaning as Savior? Sure, or sure. Yeah. He was same saved same as, idea. It's, a, it's the same. So thing. Moses, is this Moses putting his uh, seal of approval on Joshua perhaps yes. as his yes. successor? Absolutely. Okay. So that's when he changes
1: his name. It's 1316. Okay. Now, and then he says, but I want you to spy out the land. Well, there is no doubt when they come back – they t- the ten tell a lie. what lie do they tell they don't say that the land is bad, but they slander the land and say, "Oh, we can't do it. it'll devour us but if the what lie they told about the people, and I want you to notice something it's in thirteen thirty three do you happen to have a Bible with you this evening? I'm looking at it right now thirteen thirty three and can I just read their report? I wouldn't
3: have it any other way. Let's this, check with John. John is it okay if you? This John their, said, yeah. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, uh-huh. a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh-huh. There's, There's that famous go. statement. Uh-huh. Here is the kind of fruit it produces, and they held up this fruit: these big, Great big apples fruit. and bananas. Oh, and giant! All, they had to carry it
1: back another. on.
3: And here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there, Ah. the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants, the descendants of uh, Anak. Uh The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast. uh,
1: Before we go on, I want to make sure, because your verse, look at uh, your... Thirty-two. How does that read in near 32?
3: Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. I asked you oh, if I, I could you read were the beyond, whole report. I'm sorry. I no. thought you were okay. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him Disagreed. There were ten others that disagreed with him. Caleb and Joshua. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land. Look at that. They spread. It. I never noticed that detail. Yes. They spread this bad
1: report that about evil the evil report land. about the land. Yes, it's the land that's the sin. The slandered
3: land Israel. You slandered will heaven. devour anyone who goes to live there. Ah, the land will devour you? Well, people are you? huge. We saw giants. Wow. We wow. would be like grasshoppers. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Yeah, wow. well... well Okay, okay, let's go
1: back. we come back. Actually, it doesn't say we felt
3: like. It doesn't say that. It says we were grasshoppers. Okay, uh, we'll be right back. 210-340-9585. Don't go away. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist.
2: Hi and welcome to today's encouragement from our daily bread, titled "Hope's Shore Foundation." It was written by James Banks. Lessons on faith can come from unexpected places, like the one I learned from my 110-pound black Labrador Retriever Bear. Bear's large metal water bowl was located in a corner of the kitchen. Whenever it was empty, he wouldn't bark or paw at it. Instead. He would lie down quietly beside it and wait. Sometimes he would have to wait several minutes, but Bear had learned to trust that I would eventually walk into the room, see him there, and provide what he needed. His simple faith in me reminded me of my need to place more trust in God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The foundation of this confidence and assurance is God Himself, who rewards those who earnestly seek Him. God is faithful to keep His promises to all who believe and come to Him through Jesus. Sometimes having faith in what we do not see isn't easy, but we can rest in God's goodness and His loving character, trusting that His wisdom is perfect in all things, even when we have to wait. He is always faithful to do what He says, to save our eternal souls and meet our deepest needs now and forever. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries. Hi, I'm Don Crow. Join me this weekend for The Christian
3: Outlook. We cover everything from the Bible and theology
0: to politics and the persecuted church. All the stuff that matters each and every week. Hear from newsmakers, Christian leaders, voices you can trust. Join me on The Christian Outlook. The Christian Outlook, Sunday nights at 8 on AM 630
2: The Word. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Pop superstar Cardi B was buzzing in 2018, and as we roll into 2019, she's still making noise, recently dropping the video for her new song, Money. The YouTube video has garnered 25 million views with no age restriction or warnings whatsoever for its nudity and profanity-filled content.
0: I was born to flex. Yes. diamonds on my neck. Like
2: t- this is yet another reminder to parents that our culture's content gatekeepers have no problem shifting their standard when it suits them. And as for Cardi B, the video for money once again demonstrates this
1: influential artist's willingness to demean women in pursuit of the cash that she prizes
2: so highly. For a full review, visit PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Bob Olaszewski for Focus on the Families, Plugged In Find
0: out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com.
1: This is going to be good. Here we go. I am weak.
0: But Thou art strong I am weak, but Thou art strong Jesus, keep me from all wrong Jesus, keep me from all wrong I'll be satisfied satisfied as long As I walk, let me
2: walk close to Thee you're listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Just,
0: just, 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 just,
2: just a closer walk with
0: just a closer walk with just close closer walk. Just with just a closer walk. Just a walk with just close closer walk. Just walk with just walk. Just close just
3: that old gospel tune. Thanks. Uh, Thank you, John. <laughs> yeah, John it's about time selection. we did some real music. <laughs> That'll get you toe to tapping. Yeah, that's good. Well, we are back. This is our second segment, and we're talking about the book of Numbers. All right. Now let's take a look. Okay. Let's talk about the grasshoppers. Now we were in chapter thirteen. We were in
1: thirteen. And
3: we just they, mentioned uh, grasshoppers. Yeah. Grasshopper. But then you said uh, <laughs> I got that. But then you said in chapter 14. Uh, uh, well, before we do that. Okay. Because I want to say, you read in your version it says giants, right? Yes.
1: Gi- well, if I take the Well, right, there is
3: an asterisk, and it goes down and it says Nephilim. There. I mm-hmm. want.
1: Thank you. I'm glad you got an ascaris in your Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, It's a Nephilim. They came back and said the Nephilim are there. Oh, and it's a land that devours people. Well, then they said, we were like grasshoppers, and it says it twice, in their eyes. So we were in their eyes. It says it twice, so you make sure to catch it. Mm -hmm. In other words, they didn't talk to any of those people. They don't know if they were like grasshoppers in the eyes of these Nephilim. They don't know that. They were just making up stories. They were assuming that. Well, they were lying. Presuming the worst. Let's not polish them up. They were lying.
3: Well, I think it's... I'm not polishing them up, but I think assuming the worst is a bad characteristic. I'm not
1: assuming anything. I'm reading it.
3: I know, but they were assuming. They didn't talk to the people, uh, and they were assuming probably that had, the that had, people saw yeah, them that way.
1: Yeah, I understand. They said, but, the, but they, we have no objective evidence that they were right. seen as grasshoppers. No, exactly right. So then we go into chapter 14, which is amazing.
3: Yes, I like what you told me yeah, about so it in the break. Look
1: at chapter fourteen. Look
3: at verse. Would you uh, like to
1: read uh, one through three? Perhaps.
3: Why is the Lord taking us into this country only to have us die in battle? And then he says, our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. They're using their children as as an excuse. You know, not well, to, what else does it say? Uh, uh, wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Now let's freeze it. Can't freeze. And they even plotted among themselves. Let's yeah. choose a new leader and right. go back to Egypt. Sure. So here's what they did. The next
1: excuse they're giving, the next excuse they're giving, is uh, they're saying, "Our children, our children, our children. We can't have this happen to our children." That's uh, they're going to take our children there are people hostages. That use and, that yeah. in our modern politics all the time. Our children. We got to think of the children.
3: Yeah. And so that that's what it says at the beginning. Before you make the big jump, though, oh, okay. look at verse five and six. It is important to say. Oh, at this juncture, that there were two of the 12 yes. that were not going along with it. Excellent. And that was uh, J- uh, Joshua and Caleb.
1: Now, let's, what does Joshua and Caleb mean?
3: Joshua is he sa- he saves, uh, Lord God saves. Savior.
1: Caleb,
3: um, boy, I don't know. If you me-
1: Google it, I've done this, and it's funny because uh, it'll come up and it, it actually gets it wrong.
3: Because it sounds like another word. It sounds like yeah. another word, and yeah. they say,
1: oh, it must be a dog, Caleb. But it's
3: actually called Lev, Caleb. It means all heart. Uh, and I, I like that he's all heart, courageous, right, man. Okay. So, anyway.
1: So there, go ahead, and then you mentioned something about the land that flows with milk and honey. Mm-hmm. Now, why would they mention milk and honey? Because it makes great hot chocolate. It's cocoa, so I like that. It makes honey and milk, maybe.
3: Uh, it's a land flowing with flowing milk and with honey. Milk and uh, that's honey. a good thing. So I'm assuming they think milk, a land flowing with milk, milk is a good thing. So there's yes. plenty m- There's plenty of uh, yeah. cattle and ah, milk, okay. And, okay, okay. and that's a kosher food.
1: Well, is it? Milk. Uh, is it? Yes. Uh-huh. Is the land of Israel considered a male or a female? Female. Ah, good guess. I can tell.
3: Had 50-50. Uh,
1: so that's right. So the milk, you see, there are two items that are kosher, as you said. They come from a non-kosher source. Uh-huh. Honey, it comes from bees.
3: Bees. A are cow not. is not kosher. Well, we're not talking about a cow. Oh, oh okay. human okay. beings well, are not
1: born from a cow. Okay. The land of Israel is the mother. Uh huh. It's a mother's milk. Okay. You don't okay. eat human beings, but the babies drink mother's okay. milk. Okay. Uh huh. So. The milk, the land of Israel, like a mother is given you 're going to drink the milk of the mother and but you don 't eat the dirt you don 't and you don 't eat human beings, so you drink the milk that 's kosher mm-hmm, from mm-hmm, a non kosher mm-hmm, source you mm-hmm, may mm-hmm. say uh, uh, but and honey cause kosher from a non kosher source bees, so it 's telling that. And so what's going on, you got two guys saying, oh, no, we're going to go ahead and we need to go in there and conquer these people right now and get this whole business underway. Mm-hmm. And but remember, they said, oh, no, we can't because of our children. We always we – got to think of the children. I mean, my goodness, the children, the children. Except God gives them a very interesting answer, doesn't he?
3: Yes, he does. But before you make that jump, oh, before can, I, we get to can the, I put something oh, else in I there? I wouldn't have it any other way. They talk about, then they talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb, mm-hmm. the two that said, no, we can do it. Let's go. We need to obey God. They talk about stoning the two faithful mm-hmm. uh, emissaries. Yeah. And uh, then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle, and listen to this amazing i don't I don't know how to call it a suggestion or idea that God kind of floats at this point. He says, "Look how long the how long will these people treat me with contempt, with mistrust, and not believing me? Will they never believe me even after the miraculous signs I have done among them? Look what he says, I'm going to disown them. I will destroy them with a the plague." And he tells Moses, "I will make you. I'm going to start all over again now with you, and make you into a nation greater and mightier or than even the." Verse so people at home might look. It verse up. twelve. Okay, and, and that's that's an amazing thing. That sometimes we skip over that detail. That God at this point says to Moses, "Because they're so, I'm so frustrated with. You know, I'm going to judge them, and I'm going to start over." But Moses objects, and and it's so interesting to me that how moses takes a point of view that no 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 don't do that god you know he he's here Here he is in this dialogue with god about this idea and he's saying lord it, because if you this do that this is a test of moses yes it's a test of moses yeah. and he says uh the, the, it'll look, make you look bad god you know you you weren't able to keep and save and accomplish what you want his his point isn't even though he would be in a great position to, he was going to be the hero. He was yeah. going to be the leader of the founder of a new nation. Sure. And but what, he says
1: no. And and you see, Moses is is certainly a prophet, mm-hmm. but he's not the patriarch. That's the true. patriarchs That's are true. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Uh-huh. The promise was made to them. The reason the Jews inherited things, though contrary to what some people say. And even a conversation I had with somebody earlier this evening, the tradition and what our forefathers have entered into, it should be respected and honored by us being the descendants. Mm-hmm. So,
3: Okay, let's jump to the descendants okay. idea. Right. They were saying, oh, we can't go in there because our children, our oh. poor children, would be taken hostage sure. and so on and so on. No, and, and uh, look at uh, verse 14 uh, 31 thirty one chapter fourteen verse thirty one says and God says, oh and by the way, you said your children would be carried off as plunder will i bring well I will bring them safely into the land, and they, your children, will enjoy what you have despised, but wow. as for you, you will drop dead in the wilderness so, <laughs> what's happening is they first said, our children
1: and then but I know uh, there's another line I know you want to go to it, but I just wanted to slow it down you a second go. but You're good. um so what happens is God says, no, I'm going to take the children in. The children you're worried about, they're going to get the land, but you're not. You're not. Because you guys are the, the bad, the sinners. You slandered the land. You sinned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you, you're not going to go in. You're going to die in the wilderness. But the children will go in. Now, this line, this is only one of the times it occurs. But this is a very important line because there's a lesson here. Anybody that thinks that children are punished for the sins of their father, you have a story right here that Mm -hmm. teaches the opposite. Mm -hmm. Because if the children were punished for the sins, they wouldn't have been able able to go in. And this is what this line means both here and in the Ten Commandments. And it says, I visit the iniquity of the parents upon the children. I don't punish the children. I visit what the parents have put upon the children. And I look to see, is it the kids that did this or is it the parents? It's the parents. I'm not holding it against the kids. I'm holding it against uh-huh, the people uh-huh, that did uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. That's how kind God was. And
3: and and, and that's why God does. That's, that's his solution here. I it's just a, such a remarkable experience on, on such a scale that now then if, uh, if this a question occurs to me if the if if israel the promised land is being seen as heaven what, what would s- be let's say so, yeah uh, uh, yeah uh, that's what i meant is okay. it's being under, yeah. what would be the you're going to get a lot of emails the theological on that one, application right? of that what's that now Does, what would be the theological application of this? That uh, well, I guess clearly some some people are going to go to heaven and some are not. But but, I mean, this was considered. This was Israel. I mean, this was the people who came out of Egypt. But they're not going to see. This is the one that, that I said the application where they don't enter into their rest. I think it's possible for a, for a Christian, a, a believer, a follower. Uh, one who has by faith come into a relationship with God you know, through Christ, it is possible for that person to, in a sense, be saved, but they miss the second aspect of salvation. Salvation is not just about being forgiven. It's being uh, it's about being transformed, being changed to be the people of God, to live victoriously. And, and Maybe that's what Hebrews was talking about: is that there are some people who came out of Egypt but did not enter into the Promised Land. They have, they didn't enter into the full potential. They did not enter into their rest as God's people. Uh, and could that be uh, where that second illustration takes shape? Because it, I, I don't know how the other application would be that you know that you, you've saved, you've been forgiven, you've seen, you come out of Egypt. But you're not going to go to heaven. Do You see the a little bit of the dilemma. I, I, I'm trying. I,
1: I see what's causing you to stumble. Yes.
3: Well, you uh, pick me
1: up. Well, let's take see if we can unravel some of this. Okay. By the next verse, look at your verse. Uh,
3: see if you can unscrew the inscrutable.
1: Uh, let's try fourteen thirty-two. Okay.
3: Say? fourteen thirty-two says, "But you, but as for you." he's talking to the parents now. You, (laughs) this New Living Translation is so graphic. It's funny. But as for you, you will drop dead in this wilderness. Mm -hmm. And your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. He actually gives them the time. Why would they
1: say the uh, analogy of the word shepherd? Because I like how that's phrased in that. Hmm. I don't know. They would be like shepherds, because uh, sheep watches? wander in the wilderness? Yes. So the parents, God didn't say, you know what, I'm taking them in right now. And if you go back and you look at verse uh, 29, it says, look, um, everybody from age 20 and above, so 20 and below, or one day before your 20th birthday, you're still going This out.
3: is everybody that was included in uh, that, th- that, th- that th- census. Yeah, uh-huh. So everybody – 603550 right,
1: Absolutely. So what's happening is he's saying, look, <clears throat> I'm not going to kill all of you right now. I'm still merciful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't do this. You all did it. And your, and your children, because of what you did, your children are going to have to live in the neighborhood you raised them in. They're going to have to be your shepherds and walk with you till you die they got to stay out here because of you so it's not that going in is the problem it's mm-hmm. that you've caused them to stay out here and I'm not I've been merciful mm-hmm. I'm not going to kill you mm-hmm. you're going to wander till you die and but, and they will go in
3: they will be the allowed to go will, in the children
1: but the children are the shepherds because mm-hmm. they are the caretakers of the parents
3: till they die mm-hmm. and then they have to be buried now just just so we get it right it's talking about the 603,550 men this doesn't include uh, that, You know, the Sophie, women.
1: you're 100% right, though it doesn't say it right here, but we do learn in the book of Deuteronomy you're mm-hmm. 100% right. Everybody from one day before the 20th birthday, mm-hmm. boys or girls, go in. <clears throat> and the women, and we actually well, that'll be illuminated. You're 100% right. That actually is talked about in Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. where if you, if you don't read Deuteronomy, you won't know the rest of this. Mm-hmm.
3: But yes, the women didn't get blamed for it. That's a misconception I think a lot and of I think us your choice of carry words, around. I that, think
1: we should add one word to your word. You said misconception, and I think we should also call it Mrs. Conception. <laughs> Mister, Miss and Mrs. Since we are
3: talking about women, right, I guess. Oh, all right. Miss and So Mrs. what's
1: interesting is they'll, they'll be your shepherd. They'll, they'll travel with you. You put them in this predicament, so they'll mm-hmm. have to walk with you. But when you all pass away, I will take them in. So their concern for their
3: children was – not, it was exactly reversed. God took care of their children. <laughs> yeah, they were using their children as kind of a, a, just an excuse. You know, Isn't this to, uh, interesting? Uh, uh, it, it is When you really start noticing what the story is, the story is
1: exactly
3: opposite. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And again, though, it's a picture to a great degree of our experience as believers. We don't want to be like those unbelieving uh Israelites, we as God's people today, traveling through this world, we want to be uh, full of faith. We want to be courageous. We want to be walking victory and optimism. That God, with God, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, all of these paths. We need. I I think. Uh, I, I I just think somehow it's it's a sin for for God's people to be pessimistic.
1: Well, I believe that
3: we should be positive-minded in in God. I mean, uh, hopeful because all good things, all things work together for good. God is with us, and we should be courageous and 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 uh, move out. It, I, it seems to me that's one of the great lessons that comes from this: is that we 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 live in victory, from victory to victory, and faith to faith, and and God is with us. Let's take that mountain. Let's take that. Uh, uh, let's go with Joshua and Caleb, uh, and, and live, uh, see things the way they saw them. That's that's a great lesson that comes from this. Well, what else? Now they get past this crisis, then. So then, now they just start wandering. They just start moving out. They follow the tabernacle when the when the cloud moves, and they move they move out. When the cloud cloud stops, they, that's where they camp. Sometimes they spend a day or two camped at a certain place. Sometimes they spend. Uh, a oh, great deal of time. Oh, a great deal of time. But they they live in that uh, Sinai desert for forty years. They are a nomadic mm-hmm. people group. They're living out in the desert why, with their tents. Know, and you've got one of your questions asked: Why forty years? Yeah, that's forty is I I think forty because that's that's really the only number that God. No. Well, how long did they go? Is that a generation? Well, how? Why did
1: they go spy out the land of Israel for how many days? Forty days. Okay. And you've a year actually, for you actually—you've actually man. got it correct. Uh, you've got the question right here. It's uh-huh. one day for a year. Uh huh. Uh huh. But what's fascinating is—it's so it's yes, funny how
3: it's always forty. If they seemed like they would catch on after a while, and you go, "We're going to go," we're going to go two or three days over. There. <laughs> they would. It seems like they would kind of get the idea and make so, the but, but
1: the thing I always like to make, make sure easy. everybody catches uh-huh. is that God didn't kill them, and he didn't do something to the children. He did just the opposite to the children. He took them in. But what's fascinating is he didn't kill the parents. He didn't wipe them out. He could have, but he didn't. He even offered Moses the opportunity. Moses, no, no, no. You made a promise, you're sticking to it. I really admire Moses for that. that well, that's, that's why he proved that he was worthy of, of being a shepherd. Uh-huh. Recently, I heard somebody uh, talking on a different show, and they said, oh, shepherds always look down on. And uh, actually, I will tell you, I called the show. I tried to be polite. He said, look, I'm not upset. I'm not mad. But I will tell you that you got it exactly backwards. Uh, the greatest you can be in the Jewish world is a scholar. The second greatest is a shepherd because you're caring for people. And uh, and the, the guy had it exactly wrong.
3: And, and I s- actually said to I'm him— I'm a little bit surprised because— of course, uh, the Messiah was always pictured as a shepherd. As a shepherd, David, sure. The king, great King David, a shepherd. Yeah, I'm surprised that the I don't well, know. Where anyway, but so the point is mm-hmm.
1: that uh, the children became the shepherds of the parents who became the sheep. You might say. Mm-hmm. So, but God didn't kill them; He let them live their lives. That was being merciful. Then, when they died, because the parents had done it, then the kids got to go in. Now, what's fascinating is as we go on. And I wanna point out something. Remember, there was a group of people that went with the Jews from Egypt, remember? Yes. And they were not what you call uh tribally or genetically Jewish, uh-huh. but they did have Judaism. Judaism is a religion, mm-hmm. it's not a people. Uh huh. And so might we look at chapter fifteen, the next following chapter? Yes. And Mike, would you be kind enough to read something for us? Uh, It starts at verse 14 through 16.
3: I never would know what to do with you when you get so polite like that. I might be as nice enough to do that. And if any foreigners visit you or live among you. Now, that brings up the point just that much. Let me just insert this. You've got these two million people running around the wilderness. Even up to now, as they've made the journey, we have to understand, if we want to understand the context, we've got to realize that there were other people groups all around them. I mean, they, they were doing commerce with other groups that came sure. along. Maybe groups would, band, would come and sell, hey, go sell your goods to these Egyptians, these Israelites out in the wilderness. I mean, right. they, they weren't out there just kind of all by themselves. They interacted with other people groups through they these sure years. And sometimes people would, I, I, I suspect sometimes some of them would take out a journey and go back uh, let's say go do something in egypt a, and
1: some people came from egypt with them
3: and yeah and were at mount sinai they got the commandments also exactly so it, it's, i just want to see, see the context that there. this isn't I see just the, like I a, see the context a big boy the scout
1: protest. jamboree
3: this is yes
1: yeah you know, if there's a context how come there's not a protext
3: mm, i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> context and protext okay okay so what did you say well, you want to do 14
1: through 16
3: okay what verse i'm sorry 14-16. verse fourteen here we go uh, and if any foreigners visit you or while you 're out there or live among you and want to present a special gift as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, one of these sacrifices that we've been talking about, they must follow these same procedures native born Israelites and foreigners are equal before the Lord and are subject to the same decrees. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. The same instructions and regulations will apply both to you and to the foreigners living among you.
1: See, what I'm trying to point is when I always say that – I hear people say this whole thing. Oh, that's one of those things that really crushes my spirit, frankly. Mm-hmm. When I say, oh, well, the Jews were very clickish and they didn't allow anybody in. That's absolutely not what happened. People came from Egypt with them, but as they traveled through – And in fact, they were instructed
3: to welcome – people to come with them. Yes,
1: and by the time they get to Israel, they're no longer identified as somebody different. They are now inheriting with the tribe. They're part of Israel. So, may I suggest that the idea is that the Christians or whoever, by the time we get through this wilderness, they will
3: also be identified as Israel. That's right. I'm already identifying myself as Israel. I, I know that we... Paul does it. Paul says... Jesus says it. We are... We are Well, so what you got is spiritual here it says it's
1: an eternal decree for your generations that you and mm-hmm. people with you are mm-hmm. just the same mm-hmm. as you. Isn't that neat?
3: Yeah, and I like the idea that you've given me that when a foreigner came and joined, or a let's say so like so. Ruth or like – I like, like the word proselyte better, but that's r- – Okay, a, a proselyte, a – uh, comes and lives among and converts and trusts and says I want to follow the God of the, the true living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I want to I believe in God and I want to be a follower of the God. They they are grafted in, they become part of Israel, but they join Israel under the tribe of the one who brought them in, you got to be part of the
1: nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. But you would also whoever kind of brought you in taught you.
3: That's your you, tribal affiliation. That would
1: be your tribal affiliation. If you so, would be Apache right. or
3: Cherokee or there you go. No, like,
1: no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and uh, that's a, actually a good point. Probably illustrates a good. If you you'd become part of the say the Apache Nation, uh-huh. but. We would know you're not a Cherokee because you joined the nation, so you're in the tribe of the Cherokees.
3: Okay. Right. So, so you join, you become a part of the tribe uh-huh. of the one who brought you in. So we, as, uh, be, as followers uh, of right. Jesus, right. he was uh, from the tribe of Judah, yeah. so we are. That would,
1: that would make you, if you came in, of the tribe believing of what uh, the guy brought you into the tribe of Judah believes, and uh-huh. you accept that then you would be part of the tribe of Judah, of the nation of Israel. But you would be a Jew, so. Why do, you, why do you think it's surprising when bad things happen to Christians? Welcome to the club. So <laughs>
3: <okay>. <laughs> you be, but so thrilling to be a part of the people That's of God. That's the big picture. Well, look, two segments went by. You know, they didn't go as far. Fast is sometimes they say, I think we've had a good conversation, but we do. We only have 30 minutes left, folks. So if you want to chime in and give a thought about this experience in the wilderness uh, in the book of Numbers, give us a call, 210 340 9585, and we'll be right back. So don't you go anywhere.
1: Is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
0: Under God's heaven, the gonna find
2: the hey, this is Bob Olesheski. Thanks for
0: listening oh. to Plugged oh. In.
3: Well, I do, I'll just stop that right there, and uh, uh, I will. All right. What's going on? Let going John on? repair that for me while we go on and enjoy talking about the Book of Numbers. That's where we are tonight. Well, I know we should, you know, on the uh, Bible Live Quiz Show. So okay,
1: we can do that. We can do that. And in Chapter Fifteen, we have some interesting stuff coming up.
3: Oh, that's this- all interesting, Jacob. I wish we had a lot more time. Even if you go detail by detail, it's it, it, it's just. It's just breathtaking, yeah. the, the scope of this thing and, and how God teaches them about other people. The things you brought up about how they're to well, deal listen, with bring people into the nation of Israel. I,
1: I would have known absolutely nothing if somebody else hadn't pointed well, it out to me. Well, we wouldn't have known
3: it if you hadn't pointed it out to us. I think that we need that insight. We need that Jewish perspective, the Hebrew, the language, the tr- traditions, the the sense of history and understanding that uh, some of us Gentiles we're a little bit of light. We're a little bit light on that understanding. So uh, you, you you got a job here as long as you want it. You're 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 doing great.
1: Okay. So do You want to take a phone call because the sure stack, we better do that. Our phone calls are stacking up.
3: Um, are they really? <laughs> <laughs> Roberto, Bob, how are you tonight? We're so glad to talk with you. Thanks for calling.
4: Hi, Soapy. Hi, Jacob. I'm I'm hanging in there. I've got a finger injury that I'm nursing, so I, I sort of feel like I I, I sure had, had a useless day, de- huh? Did,
3: did it make it difficult for you to call? You know, tapping all those numbers. N-
4: no, I used my other hand. Oh, okay. okay, but
3: uh, well, great idea. Uh, He's ambidextrous. <laughs> He's ambidextrous.
4: Right. I'm not as ambidextrous as I used to be. Do I'll do tell stuff? you.
3: Do, were you? Uh, were you peeling potatoes and cut your fingers no
4: no i was uh sort of doing uh, ranch work mm-hmm. uh I, I it was kind of an homage to uh to uh the plymouth plantation i went out to work on christmas day as they as they did uh-huh. and uh, they they didn't want to observe christmas and and uh <laughs> i went out with my friend and uh, uh calf decided to pull some uh bailing twine through the through the uh, field, and I tried to grab it, and it ended up uh, going around my finger, and he oh. he pulled, and uh, it really uh, pr- provided a little disaster. Did you but, lose the uh, fingernail? Uh, uh, no, the fingernail uh, made it pretty good.
3: Okay, all
4: right. But uh, anyway, uh, for you. Well, I've been you. kind of I've been kind of being useless uh, these last three weeks.
1: So what's on your mind, there, Bob?
4: Well, I was listening to your conversation, and uh, you know, thinking about uh, Caleb, uh, all hard—the man who was all hard—and he, he was an ethnic himself, but he's uh, attributed to the tribe of Judah, and uh, uh, so he was ado- adopted in. And then, is uh, that so
3: right? He, I mean, he—how how do you know that, Bob?
4: Oh, uh, it's—it's gleaned from the scriptures. His background, uh, parental background, is gleaned from the scriptures that uh, he was one of the mixed multitude that came out. Well, how but, uh, about
3: that? But, uh, that is so interesting because he was chosen to be And he told the us that with an injured finger. And, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. he came up with that with a, with a hurt finger. No, but the point I'm saying is that all 12 of these guys, there was one representative from each tribe, and it's so mm-hmm. interesting that Caleb would have been chosen to be yes. a, a representative of the tribe of Judah yeah. These would but have been the was, champions. He was one who had been uh, uh, converted. He had converted. These, these, that's true. Uh,
4: these would have been the uh, yes. Uh, these would have been the men who were quite uh, regarded as uh, top notch, uh, top notch guys, leaders to yeah. send in. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, so uh, he. And in fact, even after they went into the land, he said, uh, "You know, I'm an old man. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to battle to capture this hill and whatever. Yeah. Hey, give me this that was, mountain. Uh, yeah." Uh, and and uh, he he was one of the older. Older gentleman uh, who, who who was there, but
3: oh yeah, he's one uh, of the, he, uh, he's the two, one of the two of them that did not die in the wilderness. Uh, he right, Caleb,
4: and, and and maybe we even see Eliezer,
3: uh the, the
4: Levite, uh, the Livy. He might have gone in as well, but uh, uh, well, the Levites the land, weren't
3: numbered in the six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty yeah, anyway, were they? No.
4: True. Yeah, I, I don't think they were. No, they but, were not. Uh, he, he might be another example of an older man who went in. Yep. But uh, uh, at any rate, I uh, you know I was thinking about that, and and what you were, and, and I was thinking about some of the New Testament passages on the adoption. Can, can you hear me?
3: Interesting idea. Yeah, it's an interesting and, and, idea.
4: And uh, and uh, you know I was thinking about the Book of Acts uh, uh, when uh, Paul is uh, going in. I think it was the city of Philippi. Uh, they run to the cops. He, he's telling the people in the in the plaza, don't buy these idols. Don't buy these idols. And uh, they, the idol makers, and, uh, they, they go to the cops and they say, these Jews are troubling the city. He didn't say these Christians are troubling the city. Uh-huh. So e- evidently, Oh, were, that's right. They, he they, does they, they were, say that. Yes, he does. There, there were guys, they were wearing tzitzit. You know, Bob, I was going to ask they were keeping you. The, they were keeping the, Bob, they were keeping the seventh him. day. Hey, Bob,
1: hang on. Bob, take a breath. Listen. I yeah. <laughs> wants to give you a compliment. Very. Yeah. I want to give you a compliment, because that was a mm-hmm. good point that you just brought up, and you're 100% right about that. And then you went beyond that great point and told us something about the tzitzit. And I'll bet you 99% of the people other than the Jews have no idea what that is why don't you tell people what that is
4: well well uh, there's a there's a passage there where uh some problems happened and and uh there was this uh the command was given uh where's where ribbons of blue and you know this this calf who pulled my finger off he, he lo and behold this twine he's pulling through it was israeli blue and it just kind of blows my mind but uh you know, I, I exaggerate. Is
1: that a joke? He pulled
4: the tip. He, he pulled the tip of my finger off. I'm exaggerating. Oh my lands! Yeah, that, that that it was a ribbon of blue, and uh, the Israelis are to wear a ribbon of blue, uh, kind of weave it on the on okay, the corners of their gar- of their garments. Bob, too.
1: I understand it's yeah. blue, but what yeah. is a sitsi? What's that?
4: Well, well, I mean, it's it's uh, an idea to uh, make you uh, to be a reminder. Uh, not to do the sin that resulted in the plague that, that uh, hit hit them. And well,
1: uh will tell you what. Is there I, some kind of a prayer no, thing? No, let's let's do this. The prayer shawl? It's, it's actually part of the prayer shawl. And look for in chapter, Bob's 100% right. It's in chapter
3: 15. Uh-huh. And verse, look at uh, verse 38. All right. Hang in there with me, yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bob, you can listen. Join right in here. Sure. Verse 38 says... Give the following instructions to the people of Israel throughout the generations to come throughout the generations to come. you must make tassels for the hems of your clothing and attach them with a blue cord. Mm-hmm. When you see the tassels, you will remember and obey all the commands of the Lord instead of following your own desires and defiling yourselves as you are prone to do. The tassels will help you remember that you must obey all my commands and be holy to ah, your God. The tassels, as your
1: version translated, is what Bob's referring to as a sitzi. Those are the tassels hanging down. Uh-huh. Now, the reason that's important is when you do numerically, and it says, as you read, you shall remember all the commandments. Now, how many commandments are there? Ten. Well, there's ten, but they they get the number from six hundred and thirteen. Oh, six hundred and thirteen. So yeah. six plus one is seven. Plus three is ten. Ten commandments. When it says, "And you shall remember all the commandments," and then the so, first commandment is listed right there. Well, yeah, but the prayer Shaw is the commandments. So you shall look upon the prayer Shaw and the see, uh-huh. and and there are. Um, and to be reminded of the commandment and to obey uh-huh. God's are, commandments. There are five, in the Sitsi, there are five strings, uh, uh, I'm sorry, eight strings, five knots. That's 13. Ah, and the prayer is 600 C. So, and the six plus one plus three is ten, so it's ten commandments. So he's saying, you guys wear these throughout your ages so you can always look at them. Bob's 100% right. And look at them so you
3: remember God's commandments. Uh, okay. Uh, does that relate at all to what he said about Paul in Philippi? Uh, John, why don't you explain what you meant there, Bob? Well, well,
4: I'm thinking that uh, these men uh, bore the earmarks of, of a Jew when they when they came into the plaza. They said, "Hey, look at these Jews! They're here. They're, they're wearing tzitzit, They have beards. They're, they they, go, they quit working on Friday night, and and uh, they don't eat the swine, and uh, so they, they and they're speaking in Hebrew. And uh, so these these guys are Jews. So I'm just thinking, well, it, it would appear that uh, there that uh, that's the grafting in. It's a uh, very me, interesting uh, the, observation the, 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 the adoption. Uh-huh
3: uh-huh. uh-huh.
4: Uh, I mean so I'm, I'm I'm just saying that evidently they yeah. they appeared to be they appeared to be Jews to this yeah. man who was uh, who was worried that he was going to turn their business away by and, this, And they didn't turn around that. and say, "Hey, we're not Jews. We're Christians." Yeah, they, uh, they, he, they. he in, in fact uh, addressed he in, in fact addressed the crowd in Hebrew and all of a sudden everybody went went quiet. <laughs>
3: That's an really okay. interesting observation, Bob. You come up with a good one. We're going to give you a, 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 a really. You need some. You anyway, need the, a, let me see. Hang well, on. Trying to win a. You got the applause. I think right?
1: I should give Bob an applause. Yeah. You should. There
4: you yeah. go. Right. But, it, but it kind of, it, it kind of, it kind of came to mind. It kind of came to mind when you all re, you all were talking about the. The uh, the grafting in and all that. Yeah, uh, sure.
3: Well, know, it, it is. Know. There's yeah. some wonderful. And the one, the one law
4: for the one law for all for the for the for the, the stranger
3: and the and the Jew. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, thanks for anyway. calling in, Bob. Thanks for so much. Yeah, that was a yeah. great. Yeah, thanks for the show. That was thanks a great for the show. Contribution. You betcha. Uh, and soapy,
1: this uh-huh. actually in chapter 15 uh-huh. of Numbers. There is, or Bar Midbar in Hebrew, which means wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the only time that a person is put into custody. You might say jail. Oh, yeah, I wanted to just talk okay, about that. Let's talk about that, okay?
3: This It's
1: 15, begins at verse 32, if you yeah, can.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but those who brazenly violate... This is, Verse 30. Okay. Oh, Verse 32. Okay, I'm wait. I'm going
1: to always pick. Now, I'm just going to pick one and let you go anywhere you okay. want from now. On.
3: <laughs> one day while the people of Israel were in the wilderness. Now, this comes after. See, sometimes it is the context of these verses ah, is good, so
1: important. Good, good, good point.
3: Because uh, it, it sounds like it's following right on the, far, the, the tail end of what uh-huh, he was saying uh-huh, up in uh-huh. this other one. Sure. Uh, Those who bravely violate God's will, whether native-born Israelites or foreigners, have blasphemed the Lord, and they must be cut off from the community. And and then it goes right into this story. It gives a difference between unintentional and intentional. One day while the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they discovered a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. The people who found him were doing doing this, took him before Moses, Aaron, and the rest of the community, and they held him in custody because they did not know what to do with him. Uh, and so you're saying this is the only time you ever see a, 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 in Israel a, a Jewish man? Person put in jail. Yes. because oh, he held him, him overnight. That's but, right. Uh huh. Yes. So they uh, they held him in custody because they did not know what to do with him. Then the Lord said to Moses, "The man must be put to death." The whole community must stone him outside the camp. I mean, this was a serious thing he was doing. It is. And, and it seems to us almost, as we read it, we right. go, well, put the death for just
1: gathering firewood. On you know, the Sabbath. That, on the Sabbath. And, and the general take, he says, well, he was gathering wood on the Sabbath. Can't violate the Sabbath. Now, that is a, a severity. And that is true. That, that huh? is true. He should not do that. But it's more than that. What he's doing is he's gathering the wood and making an idol. So on the Sabbath, he's leading away other people astray. So he's doing harm to other people. And we have just gone through the story when the people are disobeying God. Some people are going to go in the wilderness for forty years, and other plagues happen, all stuff. And here's this guy doing this. He's intentionally. going. He's going intentionally. Mm-hmm. He's going to cause the death of other people
3: so he had to be stopped and and I, I i think this is a pause at this moment to to remind ourselves remind ourselves of the very serious thing that is going taking place here god is forming the national character and he is he is doing some nation building here he is putting in place Uh, uh, influences and institutions of the culture that, that are going to preserve and bless the people of Israel. But it, have to realize it too, that people of Israel are a people of destiny. They are not only in the sense, you know, the object of God's love and desire for them there, but he is also, they are also an instrument that God is going to use for centuries To point other nation and people groups all around them, Egyptians, Persians, uh, uh, Ninevites, you know, from Nineveh up there, um, Assyrians. uh, uh, The people of Israel are going to be an instrument that God is going to use to faithfully point these other nations, uh, uh, idolatrous, uh, believing in false gods and so on, He's going to, use, so it's important that this nation stay in line, that this nation be, uh, that this nation be whole and healthy and holy before the Lord. And, and, and so this is a very serious thing. This is not just, oh, no, well, you're just gathering firewood or just making an idol, you know. Uh, the, and not only was it important for the witness that they're going to give to other nations through the centuries, but also remember that through this people group, God is going to bring the Redeemer, the Savior, the Messiah. And it is, it is so important that this nation group succeed, that they survive, that they continue. Now, God in His grace and mercy is sustaining them and walking with them, but it shows the importance of, of what He is doing here. And here you got this guy blatantly, flagrantly disobeying God and leading people into worship of a false god, making an idol on, on the Sabbath. And, and as you said, there was a lot at stake. Other people's lives were endangered by and, this. And the last, in this particular portion that
1: demonstrates this, uh, verse uh, let's see, 41 is the, where this section actually ends.
3: Uh-huh. I am the Lord your God... That's what I was saying. It ends with, the, actually, the first commandment in it. Yes. I am the Lord your God who brought Perfect. you out of the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. I am the Lord your God.
1: Now, and see, therefore, we can put it together, as you well pointed out, that it makes a distinction between unintentional and unintentional. Him gathering wood, making an idol, was not unintentional. It was not accidental. He's doing it on purpose. And
3: therefore, it's a different matter. So this is quoting... The commandment that he disobeyed. Exactly. That he was leading them to worship another god. That's where you get the idea that he was not just gathering firewood. That's
1: right. So we know that there's unintentional and there's something intentional. And this was going to cause the death of other people. Uh And then this section, this particular portion, ends with verse 41 Uh that says that, I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you away from all those idols. I brought you out. Now, here this guy's going back and taking you back to Ives. Encouraging you yeah. to go back to that, yeah. So the story starts fitting together.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, then, we move from that into chapter 16. And we haven't, you know, we read all the way to chapter 27, but there's so many wonderful stories in here.
1: Yeah, I kind of decided sometimes it's just better to pick a few good points yeah, and try yeah. to
3: get so much in that everything gets yeah. lost. Generally speaking, though, uh, what we see here is yeah. that. The, there's a little. There's a little bit of jealousy. People are people are a little jealous of Moses and Aaron and the authority and the and the, the the power that they have, and they want a little piece of that. So the Korah's rebellion. There's a there's a Korah son of Ishar, a descendant of Kohath, son of Levi. They conspired with Dathan and Abir, Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and of and, and On, son of Peleth. They, they to incite rebellion against Moses. So they, wanna, they want to. They went in on some of that power and authority that that Moses and Aaron are experiencing. And I think he, even uh, Miriam, Moses' sister, mm-hmm. joins into some of this idea. And 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 uh, there's some punishment goes on. There's some life <laughs> lessons that are taught to them as Actually, well. this is one of the very first intercessory type prayers.
1: Uh huh. Because she criticizes Moses. That's right. And so therefore Moses intercess becomes an intercessory and prays for her, and then her
3: problem goes away. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, that that's in there. Support of the priests and Levites. There's instructions and guidance for them about. How there to uh, there to support the men and women who are ministering to them, and that are that are, and I, I think that's a basis for in our congregations. Um, later on, Paul points it out in the New Testament that uh, if your pastor is faithful and, and servant-hearted, and he's serving you, you and you're ministering to you and your family, helping you uh, enrich your your walk with God and stay faithful to the Lord, then it is perfectly right and good for us to support. Our pastors and our, our church leaders and our missionaries and our those who are serving these functions in, in the body of God's people. So uh, that's, um, that's a little bit of a, an example there, too. Think, something. We have Moses striking the rock in chapter 20. Mm-hmm. This is the event that keeps Moses from going into the promised land. Instead of speaking uh, to the rock as he was instructed, he struck it mm-hmm. the first time. He brought forth water for the people of Israel. He, he was mm-hmm. instructed to strike the rock. Mm-hmm. In this case, he was not. He and, was told to speak to and it. And he did, and he struck it. And he struck it. And and what? That wasn't probably a mindless distinction either, was it? Well, or? probably
1: not, but we know this. So uh, in Deuteronomy, we learned the rest of the story. Uh-huh. The rest of the story. With, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Harvey. You anyway, know. so, but actually, what? Caused this to happen, actually, by him being the great leader and being a great leader, he's much more responsible. And what happens is people follow him, and thus we have the bedwork. And I'm saying bedwork, laying the bed, the groundwork uh-huh, ground uh-huh. of the rebellion of the ten tribes. Because he also then allowed two and a half tribes to stay on a piece of land that was not theirs. He allowed it. He hit the rock. Uh huh. Uh-huh, I
3: get it. Okay. Well, but, you know, he didn't, he was not, he was limited. He was uh, uh, prohibited from entering the promised He was just a human guy and got money. mad. Yeah. yeah. So, uh so, Let's see so, if there's something else. What is? So,
1: what, anything else you want to talk about before the night's over? No, you go ahead.
3: No, no, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna... glancing through these questions and seeing if there's any major... Uh, we address all of these in chapter nineteen.
1: We talk about the red cow. Uh huh. That's interesting. Tell well, about the red cow. Would red you? cow has only has only been done a limited number of times. I can't remember the times. I think it's like nine or ten. Uh huh. I don't remember exactly, but they do have a red cow supposedly in Israel right now that they examine, and it cannot have
3: more than two black or two white hairs. What special sacrifice was require, required to prepare the water of purification for those who touched a dead body? And uh, they were to burn to ashes with cedar wood. Hey, this is Bob
2: Olszewski. Thanks
3: for listening to Plugged In. Uh, They were burned to ashes with cedar wood, and then uh, they were put into the water of purification, so the red heifer. uh, I remember going through a difficult time. I'm the most religious friend. Okay, we're we're trying to close the program out here graciously and gracefully, but uh, we're stepping on ourselves a little bit. Okay, uh, we saw that. Um, uh, We saw. Let me see. Is there anything else? Uh, Things that would be. uh, Oh, the bronze serpent. This is interesting. The bronze serpent Mm -hmm. that was used to to heal the people who got bitten by those uh, the snakes. Uh, That was part of a a punishment that God brought on them. A discipline and the solution was that they fashioned a bronze serpent Jesus actually refers to it in the New Testament he says in the same way that the people of Israel had to look to that bronze serpent to be healed you need to look at me look to the messiah the savior on the cross to be healed and saved but that uh, the interesting thing what uh, what ultimately happened to that bronze serpent found in uh, what what was that chapter 21 mm-hmm. Uh, It was preserved for somewhere around 700 years. Then Hezekiah destroyed it because people were making it an object of worship. Made it an idol. (laughs) Isn't it? And you the, See, that gives, that gives a, a little bit of support to the idea that they might have preserved all those clothes that yes. we talked uh, about last week. Oh yeah. Adam right. and Eve's garments and other and, uh, garments. Because they kept that sucker for 700 years. Yes, and people began to look at it. And bronze
1: is a man-made material. Uh-huh. And right here, and I'm just going to hurry because of time. Sure. But what happens is they looked upon it. The serpents, as we know in part of the story, starts biting people. Uh-huh. When they're dying. Well, the serpents are the idea of their questions. Uh-huh. So they started asking a bunch of questions. And, they, and Moses is saying, well, look at the serpent, will you? Nothing bad has happened at this for the last few weeks. Everything's going okay. But what's bothering you is that your questions, the, your questions are your serpents bothering you, biting you. Uh-huh. And so look
3: at your All that's happening is your questions. So look at this bronze servant. And then finally, we have the experience of Balaam, this sorcerer from Persia, who is hired gun. He's hired to come over and to cast a curse on Israel, but he can't do it. God won't allow him to do it, even to the point that his donkey talks to him. (laughs) It won't cooperate. And this is where uh, we – that's an amazing uh, situation. Well, it's funny because he's hired
1: hired to curse Israel. Uh Uh-huh. But he, he, but he needs his sword to discipline his donkey. That's the joke that's going on. Uh-huh. So he can't curse anybody because he can't even make his donkey mind.
3: <laughs> well, and, and it's that he's the one that mentions a star over Israel. Uh, he does. Jacob's star. And, and of course, we refer to that over the Christmas holidays, that this is partially where that they understanding that there would be a star that would welcome uh, the, the Messiah. Uh, you might find king.
1: this interesting real quick, the, the uh, uh, Balaam is a descendant of Laban. Isn't that interesting? Okay, and I know we're getting pretty close to getting off, aren't we? Okay, so... Well, we are, we... Okay, uh, well, listen, uh, I should say this. Always be the kind of person you would
3: like to have for a parent. I like it when you say that every week. Remind us of that. Say it one more time, please.
1: Everybody should be the kind of person that you
3: would like to have for a parent. All right. Thanks, folks, for being with us tonight here on the Bible Live, the quiz show. We'll next week continue through the book of uh, Numbers, and we'll go ahead and jump right on into the book of Deuteronomy, so the fifth book of the Tanakh, of the, uh, of the uh, Torah. So I hope you'll join us. Join us Monday through Friday. Hear us read through the Scriptures, 930 every evening, and then next week we can uh, talk about it here on the quiz show. God bless. Bye-bye.
4: with Soapy Dollar is a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed to help keep the Bible live on the airwaves of your city. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations and purchase materials at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday at this time and on this station for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important
1: word you hear each day be God's Word.